What's up, everyone? Welcome to Moments with the Marcelins. My name is June. And my name is Stephanie. We are back for another week. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm feeling better. Um, week by week, I feel like I'm like getting back to my normal self, which is great. Um, I'm just excited really to be back to like a normal routine and things like that. That's How are all- you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, we're almost in a new year. Very yep. excited for that. I can imagine. I can imagine everyone is. Two weeks? No, it's next week. Christmas is not next week. Yes, it's next week. No, it's not next week. Christmas is next week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Put out the calendar. <laughs> Christmas is next like week. Two weeks away. Wow. We have a lot of Christmas shopping to do, but it's okay. We're gonna get to it. Yes, we are going to get <laughs> to it. So we got a lot of uh, positive feedback from our last episode. A lot of laughs. Yes. And uh, people just feeling bad for me because, you know, you were kind of, you know, a little rough around the edges when it I came to my rough. cooking. I was just, you know, I didn't want to give a false impression. And it, we're all about transparency, right? So mm-hmm. I just had to bring it to the table. If you don't know what we're talking about, tune into last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you'll have a laugh. <laughs> well, I'm excited for today's conversation. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, we just celebrated four years of marriage. And so uh, on this particular episode, we want to talk about four different lessons that we have learned in four years. That's right. So four representing the amount of time we've been married, been together a total of seven years. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to talk about briefly just four different lessons we have learned in marriage. The first is I am responsible for my emotional and spiritual well-being I am responsible for my emotional and spiritual well-being. And These are in no particular order, by the way. No order of importance. They're just different facts. Absolutely. And so what I mean by that is that I can only control how I function emotionally, how I respond to things in my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes in relationships, you have a spouse trying to carry another spouse and they mean mm-hmm. well and they're trying to intend Uh, The intent is good. However, we have to understand that we cannot be Jesus. We cannot have this Messiah complex thinking Mm. that, okay, we're going to come to the rescue and we're going to come to save people. And oftentimes when we don't establish these boundaries, whether it be in a relationship, whether and right now we're particularly just talking about uh, within our marriage. Oftentimes what happens is you get burned out. Mm. Or you get, you know, you feel emotionally drained, emotionally drained. You feel deflated because you're trying to take the place of God and you're not allowing someone to learn and 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 reap what it is that they have sown. Mm. What do you think about that? I think that that is so true. I know for me, like early on, even when we were dating, like I wanted you to fix how I felt. And that was so wrong, because even though. Your action may have, like, you know, triggered the hurt in me um, or, like, whatever happened. You know what I mean? I, 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 I decided to feel a certain way about it or I ultimately was triggered to feel a certain way about it. It's ultimately my responsibility to fix my emotions. And then secondly, our relationship with Christ isn't inherited not neither by our parents nor by our spouse. That's good. So it's kind of like I need to do my, my own due diligence to continue to cultivate that relationship with Jesus. You know what I mean? The closer that we walk towards Jesus, the better we are for each other. You mm-hmm. know, the moment that we begin to kind of slip and like fall away from that and 
you know, at least it's what we found true in our lives, you Absolutely. know. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And for singles that are listening, because oftentimes uh, when you're single, there's in, in church, you're taught, OK, this is my season of preparation. I need to prepare, prepare, prepare for marriage. <laughs> yes. And while that may be true, it's just incomplete. It is. And if you're a single listening right now, embrace and enjoy this season in your life. That's right. Like embrace and enjoy. I think often because of not just church but you know society what we see in movies it's like a race to see okay who's gonna get married first who's gonna have children first and it's like Mm -hmm. no really embrace that season that you are in and don't feel that pressure that because you're almost 30 and you you know you don't have some a significant other in your life that you're doing something is wrong you're doing something wrong or Mm -hmm. that something is wrong with you no God works with people differently. There's no manual in the script in the Bible that says, "Hey, by this time you should be married or have all this together." That's mm-hmm. all, you know, what society has pressured over us. And so, yeah, get prepared, but at the same time, uh, understand that your singleness is not just about being prepared, and understand that it's not a marriage that's going to make you whole. Mm. A marriage is not going to make you whole. That's right. Like you are responsible for your spiritual maturity and your emotional maturity and so mm-hmm. you can hop into a marriage and not and be mad and mature <laughs> and be real immature <laughs> yeah. spiritually empty That's spiritually right. drained i can't count on stephanie and stephanie can't count on june for our relationship with the father mm-hmm. like we we have resources but we need to understand that the source is the father and so i think that is very important to understand uh and that was you know a, a great lesson like to understand that you know, we're responsible for that ourselves. We are responsible for that ourselves, and no person can bring that. Mm-hmm. They can help. They can, you know, b- keep us accountable. They can cheer you on. Cheer you on. In your but, corner. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that decision and that responsibility solely belongs to the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we bring that to the table. Absolutely. Which kind of goes into the second thing that I feel like we kind of learned is that you and I are on the same team Mm. like we are both on the same team Mm. sometimes i see this with couples that we like talk to at moments that they're at odds with each other because of a situation instead of them being on the same team against that situation Mm. and it is so easy for me to think that you are now my enemy when i disagree or when I am hurt, or when we don't see it eye to eye on a particular situation. Mm-hmm. But if I know that you and I can both combat or overcome the situation together, knowing that you're not my enemy, but you're on my side, like you're standing next to me and we both can overcome this, things just look different and we solve things differently. I know that I've been guilty of it where there's moments where I want to attack you. Mm. You know, or I want to come at you and not think about like, let's just go at the problem because the problem is not really you, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily the person. It's something that happened. You know what I mean? It's a situation or, you know, uh, a circumstance, but you and I are on the same team and we need to put each other at an advantage so that we both win, you know, yeah. like one person doesn't always have to lose because if we're both on the same team and you lose and I win, did we really win? Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's just being able to put each other at an advantage for our relationship because we're both on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because in marriage, like you stated, you stated some earlier and we need to, you know, what we've learned is that let's attack the issue and not the person. Mm -hmm. And so if the issue is miscommunication or, you know, seeking clarity, I'm not going to attack you as an individual. Let's attack the issue. Mm -hmm. I feel as though, you know, you don't communicate. And that when we do that and we make the effort to see, not take our thoughts to the negativity, but really kind of put on a, a, a posture of curiosity and try to understand, okay, what did she intend? What did she mean by this? What were, were her intentions good? Maybe she ne- didn't necessarily communicate that well, but her intentions were good. And we seek to understand and we seek to listen to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get further. And so that early in our relationship, like you stated before, like it, it, early in our marriage, it wasn't easy because it was like if something was wrong or something wasn't communicated, it was because either I don't care. Yeah, you intentionally didn't do it like that. And so I would charge it to your heart and instead of charging mind. it to your mind. Mm-hmm. That means that I, when we say I charge it to your heart and not your mind, is that your intention of the heart was to do that. Mm-hmm. But what actually happened was that I literally forgot. Mm-hmm. So my mind, it kind of slipped. It wasn't intentional. So don't charge it to my heart, charge it to my mind. Which leads into our the next lesson that I feel like we both learned was that our body has an automated healing system, but our heart doesn't have one. Mm. So our body, our anatomy was built that if something's broken, it's going to start fixing itself automatically. You know what I mean? You have a cut, then yeah. all of a sudden, like, you know, the capillaries start, you know, forming, and then you have a scar that, you know, used to cover up that wound. Our heart. And this is not like physical heart. This is obviously your emotional heart and soul mm-hmm. doesn't have an automated healing system. What it does have, though, is a warning system. And that warning system is called our emotions and our feelings mm-hmm. that are constantly flashing something at us that needs attention. And then when this is not when when these signals are not addressed, there will be bigger issues mm. because we will begin to suppress the warning signals that our body is giving us. I think uh, an example or illustration is that, it you know, when we suppress these emotions, like you said, it our emotions are like a jack-in-the-box. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever visualized that or played with that when you were a child, is yep. you crank it, crank it, and pop. And so mm-hmm. our emotions are like that. And so when things remain unresolved and things are suppressed, the world is cranking the handle to that jack-in-the-box and just a matter of time we can just pop you know like a volcano go crazy on someone and it's like whoa where did that come from well that's because of all these emotions that were not dealt with uh to go back also another illustration when we talk about the heart and the the mind being on two different automatic time being on two different time zones is like when we watch a movie, you know, you could sit there in a theater, watch a movie, know that that movie is fiction in your mind. But however, you're crying because of the emotions, you can identify that. And so the heart and the mind are on two different uh, time zones. And so what we've learned in marriage, especially in that first year and a half, when we were going through our struggle is 
in my mind, I was like, this event happened long ago mm-hmm. before we were married. You know, uh, it was addressed early in our marriage. By now, she should be over this. Yeah. But logically, that makes sense. However, when things aren't addressed and the heart is 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 not attended to, you were still on day one, even though we were almost in our second year of marriage. Yeah. And that's how the heart isn't automatically healed just because time has passed or just because you feel like, you know, you kind of buried it and it's not going to come up again. You know what I mean? Like your heart and your emotions need to be tended to. And these are different things in marriage, you know, or even in relationships, you know, if you feel like, you know, you're partner significant other is emotionally unavailable you know what i mean like talk about those feelings those feelings shouldn't just be ignored you know what i mean if you feel Mm -hmm. like you are you know um in this relationship putting in you know not not the same amount of effort or you guys are trying to work towards goals and you know you're you know what i mean they're 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 not focused or whatever talk about those feelings you know what i mean if you want love and affection like talk about those feelings like these are emotions and feelings that you should be able to feel safe enough to share Mm -hmm. you know like they're like your relationship should be a safe ground Mm. to bring any concern you know what i mean you shouldn't and and i know that there's a journey in every relationship Mm -hmm. right like there's every relationship goes through things every relationship has their ups and downs you know um, the righteous man falls seven times and he gets up again. Like there's going to be moments and situations in your relationships where you're going to fall or you're going to trip where it's going to be tough. But at the very core, try to have a safe environment to share your feelings and emotions with. And if you feel like maybe at that moment, your partner, your spouse um, is not that person Go to someone that you can trust. Go to a leader. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Go to a pastor. Go to a mentor that has a good relationship to share these things with and have a healthy outlet so that way they can direct you on how to have those important conversations. But don't sit with those feelings. And the last thing is that that I, we've learned is learning to be okay even when our spouse isn't. Mm. And for me, this was especially key because... I had, like I spoke on earlier, the Messiah complex that I wanted to make sure that everything was okay. I wanted to fix everything. And there are certain things that in marriage that you can't just fix, like at the snap of a finger. There are certain things that are going to take time. And, you know, there's going to be moments where you're upset with me and we don't see eye to eye. We both feel very strongly and passionate about something and neither one of us want to budge. And just having the understanding that, okay. Sometimes we just need to separate, cool off, and and just kind of, you know, gather our thoughts together to come back and talk about it. You know, if, if we're if we're really strong or you're upset about something and you don't want to talk at that time, okay, give me a time when we can come back together and we can talk instead of just kind of like being cold or you know, you know, just dismissive of it. And so for me. I, I had to learn that when Steph is not okay, June can still be okay, mm-hmm. even if Steph is not okay. Yeah. And I have to trust and know that God cares for you and loves you more than I ever could. And 
you know, he's gonna, he's gonna do his part, but I just need to do my part. And so we try to, we, we have good intentions, but good intentions don't necessarily yield good results. Mm -hmm. We see each other's emotions, but God sees our motives. Yeah. And, you know, I had to learn to be okay, even when you're not okay. And sometimes that's still a challenge, but I feel like, you know, over the years that I've learned that and I've learned to be okay. And so even though you're going to have those moments where, again, you know, you may not necessarily agree with everything kind of going on at the moment, it's still important to check in or have moments where you check in with each other. And so (laughs) Jin and I just basically say like two words, you good, you good. And that means, are you good emotionally, (laughs) mentally? you know yeah you good you straight that can be that can mean so many different things <laughs> exactly. like when you're from florida especially like you straight like are you okay <laughs> you straight you want to fight <laughs> you straight you hungry and yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and that's our definition like you good yeah you good you know what i mean and that just kind of like is our check-in with each other you know what i mean just to again make sure that i am being the best version of myself to you and vice versa yeah and so those check-ins are important and i think that that maybe if it's just once a week you know what i mean during like pillow talk moments or whatever um Mm -hmm. or when you're talking you know when you're having that um quality time with your you know husband boyfriend girlfriend that you have that moment to check in with them you know how are you doing you know how are you really doing you know life is so inundated with just things and we're all adjusting to Mm -hmm. 2020 you know and on top of everything that happened prior to 2020 right you know life traumas and transitions and moments of uncertainty and fears and failures and just you know just again life Mm -hmm. and it's important to just check in with each other you know because you know if you're with this person it's because you love them you know so it's like what can i do to continue to be a better version of myself for you and continue to love you in the way that you need me to love you in this season you know because again life happens and sometimes we have to adjust you know what we're doing or what we're not doing so that way i can be more emotionally available for you in the areas that you need me to be yeah You know, one of the things that we said to each other when we got married was, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord, Uh you know, and that's that's found in scripture. And as we're talking and another verse that kind of comes to mind is that the enemy only comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And he's he's come and he's robbing so many marriages and he's destroying so many families. And so. If you're married, if you're single, if you're in a relationship, pray, you know, pray for your spouse, pray for one another. Uh, Don't assume because you have a platform. Don't assume because someone has a smile that everything is okay. Check in, check in, really have those talks, do devotion together, pray together because, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, we're, we're human beings, you know, you know, we're all susceptible to temptations and things like that. And so we have to be on guard because he only comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And you might be listening right now. You say, well, I'm still alive. That may be true, but what has he robbed you of? Mm. 
What has he robbed you of? Has he robbed you of your joy? Has he robbed you of your peace? Has he robbed you of your comfort, of your love? And so be on guard. Be on guard. Remain in in Christ's word. Uh, Find accountability. Find a community. Love on your spouse. Have those heart talks. If you don't feel safe, like you stated, find someone. Find a person that you can feel safe with. A professional that you can feel safe with. I do want to clarify that. And, you know, uh, you know, just be on guard. What I do love about this verse, however, is that the verse starts off with Satan, but it ends with Jesus. It says the enemy only comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life more abundantly. Other versions say that I have come so that you can live life to the fullest. And what that means is Jesus did not die for us to simply just have salvation, die and go to heaven. He died in order that we could live our life to the fullest capacity in which he called us to do. And we need to be reminded of that, that he wants us to live fully according to his purpose and his will that he has placed over our life. He never promised that it would be easy. That's a misconception that a lot of Christians get. In fact, he said that in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. He's come to rob you. He's came to kill and he's came to destroy. But I have come. So that you can have life and that you can have life to the fullest. And so this verse starts off with Satan, but it ends with the Savior. Be encouraged by that. So those are four lessons that we have learned in four years. Um, It has not been an easy journey to get to where we are. But mama, I made it (laughs) this far. Mm -hmm. And you're just thankful to God for his faithfulness. Um, We encourage you. You know what I mean? Like, do things together. Don't forget how you guys, you know, got to where you are. You know what I mean? Continue to um, pursue each other and date each other and love each other. Um, Find creative ways, even in quarantine, where certain things are shut down. Card games, board games, Uno. You know, (laughs) write letters, just talk, like get creative. Like you got to get in that bag, fellas, get in that bag that you got into to bag. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all know what I'm saying. All right. And so, (laughs) so but you know, have fun with one another, with one another, date each other, love each other. Uh, We're praying for y'all. We're rooting for y'all. Pray for us. Root for us. And, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for, for, you know, just everything. Yes. Thank you so much. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Moments with the Marcelins. Uh, Four lessons in four years. Don't forget to share, subscribe, um, and leave a review. And let us know what you want to talk about, because I know there's a lot that y'all want to talk about. Yes. Be easy. Stay safe out there. Take care. God bless. And much love. And much love.